Yeah. So tonight we're going to have a look at the book of Ruth. And um, if you could have have a look at yourself in your own your own Bible or Bible phone or Bible app. We're going to unlock some mysteries in the book of Ruth by the grace of God. So I'm going to read seven verses for you, starting in Ruth chapter 1, verse 1. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled. So this story happened during the time of, during the book of uh, Judges. You read um, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges. So Ruth, book of Ruth happened at the time of Judges. Samson was a judge. Yeah, he was that guy, that strong man, fella. So during those days, a famine came into the land. And a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to dwell in the country of Moab. He had his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimech. Elimech. The name of his wife was Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Mahalon and Chilon, Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to the country of Moab and remained there. Then Elimech, Naomi's husband, died. And she was left and her two sons. Now they took wives of the women of Moab and the name of the one was Ophah, and the name of the other Ruth. And they dwelt there about ten years. Then both Mahalon and Chilon also died. So the women survived her two sons and her husband, or the woman, that is, Naomi, survived her husband and her two sons. Verse Six. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. Therefore she went out from the place where she was and her two daughters-in-law with her and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. So we see here, during a time of famine, there was difficulty uh, in, in the land of Judah and in Bethlehem. Bethlehem, Beth uh, in the Hebrew means house. Hem means bread. L-E means of, so a house of bread. Bethlehem was a house of bread. And we know that was the birthing place of the Lord Jesus Christ because he was a bread of life that came down from heaven to give his life for the world. And this man, Elimech, his name means my God is king. And his wife, Naomi, means pleasantness. So what happened in the land where God is king, that pleasant land where God is king, there came a famine or difficulties and they were not able to get 
I guess, abundance of bread, and, and Elimech began to look outside. And he took his wife and he took his family into Moab. And the problem with that was Moab was a land which was full of idolatry. It was a land which was full of wickedness. There were even giants there, and giants were actually deformed humans. That because of sin and wickedness and rebellion, uh, even in the in this sexual area, giants were formed from the rebellion of men. And these giants lived uh, also in this area of Moab. So there's a lesson for us. Never make a decision in a time of trial because you can be deceived to walk away from the family of God. You can be deceived to walk away from the promises of God. Never leave the church because of pain or disappointment or trials or difficulties. The church is God's end time strategy to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. There may be pain that you've experienced in the house of God. There may be a famine that you've experienced in the house of God. Never walk away from God's house, but remain. Remain planted in the house of God. Remain planted in the house of bread. Even though there may be a famine for a season, remain there. Stay there. The problem with walking away from the promises of God, the problem with walking away from the house of God, the problem with walking away from the family of God is spiritual death. Spiritual death will eventually lead to physical death and physical problems in your life. You may not notice, you may just get offended at church. Usually the process is you move towards the back and then you start coming every two weeks and then maybe once a month, then you stop coming to your small group meeting, whatever that is. And you, 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 you begin to consult the wisdom of the world and you go. Eventually, you come to the point where, you know, I don't need church. I don't need people to speak into my life. I'll do it myself. And that's when you get deceived. Eventually, uh, you take on false beliefs and you pursue the wisdom of the world. And I'm speaking from experience. And 30 years ago, when I walked into the house of God, many of my friends that I walked with are no longer walking with God. And in fact, I had five groomsmen in, at my wedding 26 years ago when I mar married Holly. One of them is a Christian. Four of them have walked... Oh, actually, I don't know about the other one, but three of them have walked away from God. But it happened gradually. And the enemy... Uh, is deceitful. So trials will come, difficulties will come, and it will cause a shaking. But I encourage you to stand, to stay, to stay and believe. Don't go leaving and searching. God's method for your life is the local church. He's provided a family for you to grow and to be nourished in. But Elimech, for whatever reason, he left the land of blessing and favour and he ventured towards a land of violence and destruction and debauchery and eventually death. 
He left seeking for bread. But my question was that not everybody left, so some remained. So, and they survived, so he didn't really need to leave, did he? <laughs> but he decided to leave and eventually came to his demise. After his death, Naomi had to come to the point in her life where she had a decision to make. Would she continue on in a land of idolatry or would she return uh, to the place where she started? And I believe she never wanted to leave the house of God, but out of obligation to her husband, she followed him into that land of idolatry. Anyway, it happens that in, in verse 6, Naomi woke up one morning and she heard some good news right there in the, in the country of Moab. And what did she hear? She heard that the Lord had visited his people. And how did he visit his people? By giving them bread. Isn't that amazing? That God would come into his house and serve his people bread. That God would come to the house of bread and, and serve his children. So there, there is the smell of fresh bread in his house. And Naomi was able to smell that from the country of Moab. She was able to smell the scent of freshly baked bread. Revival smells like something. Revival sounds like something. Revival looks like something. You know, on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, they heard something. They heard the sound of a rushing mighty wind. And they saw something with their eyes. They saw literal tongues of fire resting on God's people. And I believe now there is a sound of fresh bread. There's a sound that God has visited His people and He's restoring the local church. He's restoring our confidence in the local church that we can actually come into the house of God and be fed. We can come into the house of God and we can receive living manna from the hand of Jesus and be nourished in our soul and in our spirit. That the time for disappointment in the house of God is over. Amen. Discouragement caused from the house of God and pain, famine is over. It's time to come back to his house. And it's time to come back, not just physically, but spiritually, to come to the house of God and receive living bread. Whatever has caused your heart to be hurt, and what is it, whatever has caused you to close up, I ask that you would forgive the church, that you would forgive your previous uh, ministers or people of authority over your life, that you would re re release forgiveness tonight, yeah. to give yourself an opportunity to be healed. Pain in church hurts. 
manipulation and pain, it hurts. It creates a famine in your spiritual life. Why? Because you close up and you run away and you begin to seek for bread from Moab. But the Lord is bringing his people back to his house. And I believe there's a noise going out. There's a reverberation. There's a vibration in the air. And it's calling people back to his house because it's time to eat. The table has been prepared for you. The table has been furnished with food that is going to nourish you in his presence. And the table of the Lord is the New Testament church. It is where we are called to feed in the presence of our enemies. Why? Because Jesus, in his wisdom, has provided that table so that you can feed in the midst of your enemies. Satan wanted to, right back in the beginning, Satan stood in between the Father and Adam and Eve and put a blockage there. He deceived Adam and Eve. Satan wanted to be the sustainer. Satan wanted to be the provider. Because if he got Adam and Eve to look to him, to follow his prompting and his voice, then he would cut Adam and Eve's reliance on God as as their provider. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider. And that is confirmed to us through the life of Jesus, when Jesus walked the earth after his baptism, he went into the wilderness. And when he was hungry, 40 days, he hadn't eaten anything. He was fasting. He was hungry. Satan came to him at that point of hunger where he actually had to eat. Satan came to him with the temptation to be his sustainer. Satan wanted Jesus to listen to him. And if, if Jesus listened to him, it would have been game over. Satan would have become Jesus' provider. There would have been no salvation for you and me. But Jesus resisted him and said, Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word of God. In other words, the word of the Father is my sustenance right now. Even though I am physically hungry, the Word of God is able to strengthen my physical body just as it is strengthening my spiritual life. So Jesus was able to overcome Satan and he walked proudly as a son of his father, looking to his father to be his provider right through his earthly walk. And now he's prepared a table for us that you may come and feast at that table. In Jeremiah 3, verse 14 and 15, he's encouraging his children to come back. Return, O backsliding or backslipping children, says the Lord. He's coming after us, for I am married to you. The Lord is married to you. He is your husband. That means... He's totally committed to you. He won't let you go. For I am married to you and I will take you, one from a city and two from a family, and I'll bring you to Zion. There he's going to have a spiritual family in Mount Zion. 
He's calling you to join him for the rest of eternity as his bride. But in order to help you, he says he's going to give you shepherds according to his heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. So dinner has been served. Jesus has prepared a meal for us. When Jesus was on the earth, he told the story of a banquet being prepared. And the host of the banquet sent out uh, his servants saying, Go and call those who have been invited to come to the banquet. And they came back with the stories that they heard from those that were invited to the banquet and they couldn't come because some of them had gotten married, some of them had bought businesses and they had bought lands and they had found other activities other that, that distracted them from coming to the banquet that has been prepared. What we learn from that is that be careful, Jesus also said, be careful of the thorns of the world that choke the vine when it starts growing. You may have started like this man, Elimech, who had that calling on his life to represent that God was king. You may have had that calling from a young age to be in the house of God. But for whatever reason, life just had its way and you got distracted instead of your your number one passion being the house of God and the family of God, you got caught up in the spirit of Moab. You got busy in the things of life. You got busy in your business. You got busy in your commitments. You got busy in your marriage. Well, it's time to come back. It's time to come back to the house of God. It's time to come back to the family of God. He's calling us to come back. So he said, Jesus relates the story and he said, okay, if they won't come, then go out and get the maimed, the crippled, the blind, the diseased. Bring in the homeless. Bring in the drunkards. Bring in the drug addicts. Let those ones come. So they went and brought in the maimed, the crippled and the blind. But there was still space for more. So he told them, to go to the highways and the byways and compel, compel them to come in. That word compel is a very powerful word which actually means to constrain, to bind up and force them to come. <laughs> Anacosia. It means, and, and by any other means, bring them. And I believe it speaks to us about a life of prayer. And we have been given keys to speak things, to bind things on earth and to release heaven. And he's called us as, as a people of God to send out prayer and to compel people to come into the house of God, to go and call them to come. And I know in our house, I don't know what it's like in yours, but when mum's been working hard in the kitchen and preparing food, maybe it's your dad that prepares the meals, not in our house, not a great cook. Maybe things might change in the future. <laughs> but when Holly prepares a meal, she really doesn't like it sitting there 
on the table getting cold. She like calls everyone to come and then some don't come so it's like another call and the call gets louder (laughs) and it's like a compelling, you must come now. (laughs) And I believe there's there's a loud call going out from heaven. The, The food is ready. Come to the table that has been prepared for you. Come and eat. The bread of Moab does not satisfy. The drugs, the alcohol, the abuse, the sexual immorality, it does not satisfy. You are designed for greater. You are designed to eat at the king's table and enjoy his presence. Come and eat. In the tabernacle, the Levites had the responsibility once a week to bake bread. And it was called the showbread. And they were to bake 12 loaves representing the 12 tribes of Israel. And every Sabbath, they would, re- they would eat the bread that was there and they would bake fresh bread and put it on the table. That bread was known as the bread of His presence. So when we come into the house of God for worship, we come to honour His presence. We come to receive, part of receiving bread is receiving His presence. Not only receiving Rima word, revelation word, but we receive also His presence. So we receive His presence. When we, when we talk about, Jesus said, and. Um, This is my body which is broken for you. Eat this in remembrance of me. He spoke about eating his presence, having his presence. He also spoke about revelation word. Not just the logos, the written word, but revelation word. When you read the written word, it becomes like it's like a light bulb moment in your mind. When we come into God's presence, the word uh, comes alive. And then the third aspect of the word is that God wants to sustain you. He wants to be your provider. And one of the names of God is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, your provider. So, and that comes into every aspect of your life, even your physical body. Jesus provided his body so that your body could be healed. Whatever you need, it comes into your, your finances. If you learn to honour him, with your finances, he's committed to honour you. He's committed to provide for you. There will be no lack, even in the time of famine, even in the time of COVID, he will provide for you. That has been my experience in life. So he said, this is my body which is broken for you. Take it and eat it. In Deuteronomy 8.3 talks about a process that he had to take his people. It was a process of humbling uh, because the proud can't eat at his table. When, if we have pride in our life, it, it's a barrier uh, to receiving the bread of God. In Deuteronomy 8 verse 3 it says, So he humbled you and he allowed you to hunger And he fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know. Why did he do that? So that he might make you know 
that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So Naomi got to the point in her life in Moab where the bread of Moab just didn't satisfy her anymore. There was bread there. She could have stayed there. But she had heard that the Lord had visited his people and giving fresh bread. She was dissatisfied with the bread of Moab. She came back. She made a decision. I will go back to Bethlehem. I will go back to the land of promise. What is drawing you here? Are you being drawn by the, by the sound of bread, fresh bread? Well, that's okay. Or the smell of fresh bread, whatever it is. I pray that that would be the reason why you come here. You're coming for the bread of his presence. You're coming to hear his word. You're coming to receive provision for your life. Each of the children of Israel were called themselves to gather manna. We all have a responsibility to gather manna. That is separate to what you receive here on Sunday. What you receive here on Sunday has been prepared by the Levites in this house before God for the community. It's a communal word that we all need to hear. That's why we come. That's why we come. It's God's pattern. It's called the New Testament church. It's called the fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists and teachers. I'm sorry if, you've been, if that's not been your experience in church. I genuinely am. I'm sorry if you've been hurt, if you haven't been fed, but if you've been wounded in the house of God, it hurts. It hurts when you get wounded in the house of God. Because you come and you let down your walls and you begin to trust people and that's when you get wounded. David says, you know, I can take it from my enemies but when I walk with my friend, with my own son, when my own son rose up against me in the house of God, that was too much. We walk together hand in hand into the presence of God but my own enemy has come from within. That is painful. Whatever your experience is, I ask that you would allow the Lord just to come into that area in your life to rebuild trust. But there is also an alternative. Maybe you don't know what the Lord tastes like. Maybe you've never tasted that the Lord is good. Maybe you just don't know that God is good. There's another way to come home. There's another way to come to Bethlehem. And Ruth knew that. In Ruth chapter 1 verse 16, Naomi's instruction to her two daughters-in-law was to return to idolatry. Go back to Moab. I'm going to Bethlehem. You two go back. Go back to idolatry. Orpha agreed, but Ruth said, no, I'm going to stay with you. The meaning of Ruth means friendship. 
So the other way to come into the house of God is through a friend. Maybe you can't smell the smell of bread. Maybe you don't know what the voice of God sounds like. But what about a friend? Ruth came to the place where, in verse 16, she said, Entreat me not to leave you or turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God my God. What is that? Ruth recognized something in Naomi that she desired. She knew that Naomi's love and Naomi's friendship to her was so important that the God that she served must be real. Ruth had realized that the pain of Moab was not to be repeated in her life and she wanted to get out of that pain and she saw an opportunity through Naomi to go to Bethlehem and to come into contact with the living God. And this is a story of redemption. However you come back to the house of God, it it really doesn't matter. The point is that you come back. Why do we come to the house of God in the next part of the story that is revealed to us when Ruth is introduced to Boaz? Boaz is a kingsman redeemer. And in those days, it was an ordinance in Israel that if a husband died and left a widow, then the closest relative to the husband uh, was obliged to redeem the widow. In other words, was obliged to be her provider, to look after her and to give her children. So Boaz, in the story, we know Boaz became that provider. Boaz became Ruth's kingsman redeemer, and it's a beautiful type of the story of redemption. And Boaz uh, was pictured like the Lord Jesus Christ. So while this pain was going on in Moab, Boaz is there waiting. He's taking his place. Whatever's going on in your life right now, I don't know. Whatever pain you've been experiencing, I want to assure you that Jesus is there for you, waiting to receive you. He wants to receive you. He wants to be your provider. He wants to be your sustainer. He wants to protect you. He wants to be your husband. So in Ruth chapter 2, verse 1, we see Ruth is introduced to Boaz as a relative of Naomi's husband, a man of great wealth. Hmm. Man of great wealth. From the family of my God is king. And Naomi brought Ruth over to Boaz's property and introduced her to him. Now understand in this story that Ruth was an illegal immigrant. She was breaking the law of the land. She was not meant to be there. She had no visa. 
So Ruth chapter 3 verse 12, Boaz speaks to Ruth, Now it is true that I am a close relative, however there is a relative closer than I. Stay this night and in the morning it shall be that if he will perform the duty of a close relative for you, in other words be your redeemer, great, good, let him do it. But if he does not want to perform the duty for you, then I will perform the duty for you. That is the Lord. That is Jesus. And he gives us free will. He gives us the opportunity to choose our Redeemer. He gives us the opportunity to choose our Saviour. All the while he's taken our sin upon himself. He's taken your sickness upon himself. But he stands there and gives you a free will. He doesn't force you to himself. But he gives you an opportunity to travel through this world. And to find where you want to be. And he gives you an opportunity to find your God. But he says, if you don't find redemption, you know where to find me. So you are free to study any religion, join any cult, join an army, start a business. You're free to go. You go and do it. Just know Jesus is there for you when you get disappointed. He's your kingsman redeemer. As Boaz said to Ruth, I will perform the duty for you. I will be here for you as the Lord lives, lie down until morning. And the scripture says in verse 14 that she lay down at his feet until morning. And there's a secret here for us about the feet of Jesus. There's an entry point for you and it is the feet of Jesus. The feet of Jesus speaks about the humanity of Christ. How Jesus came down from heaven, from the highest heaven, came down to the lowest earth and he walked on the dust that your feet tread on. And our God, who is holy, came down and took upon himself the form of sinful man and he walked in the dust so that he would be approachable for you and I. And we know in Psalm 30, it says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And in the morning, there's a sound of fresh bread. It's the morning they gathered the manna. Whatever your experience has been, whatever your, and for tonight's message, whatever your pain has been in church in the past, or whatever your disappointment has been in the house of God or the house of bread, know this, that that season is over. Weeping may endure for a night, but the morning has come because there's a smell of fresh bread in his house and joy comes in the morning. In Luke chapter 10, verse 39, Jesus tells us, or Luke tells a story about Martha cumbered about many things, but he highlights Mary. Mary found a place at Jesus' feet because it was there that she heard his word. It was there at Jesus' feet that she was able to receive living manna. It was there at Jesus' feet she was able to receive 
sustenance for her spiritual life. It was there at Jesus' feet that she was able to find the presence of God, the bread of His presence. In Revelation chapter 1, if you could read with me, verse 13, John had a similar encounter with God. The Apostle John who leant on Jesus' breast during his earth walk, he had this vision of the, 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 the resurrected Christ. And he saw Jesus in all his glory. Revelation 1 verse 13. He saw Jesus in the midst of seven lampstands. The seven lampstands speaks about, you guessed it, the church. It's God's end time strategy. There is no other strategy to bring the kingdom of God to the earth. It's the New Testament church. Jesus stood in the midst of his church. COVID or no COVID, the church will not be shut down. Jesus is standing in the midst of it. That's why it will not be shut down and it cannot be shut down. He's standing one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the feet and girded about the chest with a golden band. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as refined in the furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Do not be afraid, I am the first and the last. What would be your experience or what would be your response to if you saw Jesus as John saw him. John, as a man who was sold out for the kingdom of God, who literally laid his life down for the furtherance of the gospel, he had an encounter with the resurrected Christ and the Bible says he fell at his feet as dead. This man, Jesus, this God-man, this resurrected man, that his eyes were like a flame of fire, a sword coming out of his mouth. At his right hand, seven stars. But John fell at his feet. The part of Christ that walked on the earth, he fell. And his feet were like burnished bronze able to walk through fiery trials. Bronze is a metal which is a composite of a couple of metals which is able to withstand great temperatures, great heat. And we know Jesus is the man of sorrows, acquainted with griefs. He went through much suffering. He went through much pain. He went through much turmoil to deliver you from any pain, from any suffering, from any turmoil. Jesus did that for us. And as John thought his life was over, immediately the hand that was holding the stars reached down the right hand and lifted him up. And I believe he wants to lift you up. 
He wants to touch you. Jesus wants to touch you and he wants to lift you up and he wants you to shine for the rest of eternity. Like it says in the book of Daniel, those who lead many to righteousness will shine like stars in the eternity to come. God has a call and a plan on your life not to be insignificant in this world. He's called you to be significant in this life, to be a mouthpiece for Him, to compel others to come. But He wants to lift you up and He wants you to shine with Him for the rest of eternity like a bright star in the firmament. So He is collecting stars. He loves stars. He's collecting you. You're part of His collection. You're going to shine for the rest of eternity. It's wonderful to have angel encounters. It's wonderful to see things in the Spirit, and I pray that we would all do that. But He wants to bring us higher than that. He wants to bring us to a point where we're actually going to be judging angels. He's called us to be His bride, and that's an opportunity that no angel ever got. And Satan was so filled with jealousy that it caused him to fall from heaven when he saw the bride of Christ, when he saw the plan of God for humanity, that God was going to lift you and I up to share his throne for the rest of eternity. That is a position that Satan desired because of pride in his heart, he fell. He fell from Zion and he fell without mercy. He fell without forgiveness and he will never get back up. We today are in the time of mercy. We are in a time of forgiveness where we can climb up out of the horrible pit of sin and we can stand upon the rock, Jesus Christ. We can receive forgiveness. We can receive healing. We can receive cleansing. We can be made whole. We can be repaired and we can come to his table and eat from his presence. Whatever the pain in your life, it's time to receive healing. The last part of this message speaks about the future generations. When Ruth came together with Boaz, she was able to bring forth a boy named Obed who then became the father of Jesse, who then became the father of David, King David. And further down the line, we see Jesus came into the world. So through the womb of a woman that was rejected from Israel, a woman who was an illegal immigrant, a woman who was taken out of the presence of God, through her life because she decided to come back to the house of God. Her generations became blessed. And it's, we sit here today and we think it's all about us, but it's not. It's about the generations that are to follow you. God wants to bless you, not just for your sake, but for your children's sake, for your children's children's sake and the future generations to come. Orpha's story was quite different. The other uh, sister-in-law, Orpha, remember she decided not to go with Naomi and Ruth to Bethlehem, but she decided to return to Moab. 
and the Jewish historians say, they have it documented, that Orpha joined herself in immorality to some Moabite men and then gave forth birth to giants and Goliath actually came out of her womb. Goliath and three of his brothers. And we know that the flesh is always at war against the spirit. And we know God's wisdom to raise up David through the lineage of Ruth because of her love for God's house, for her love for the Lord. He was, David was able to defeat Goliath. So it matters, the choice that you make towards the Lord, it matters, not just for you, but for future generations. So be careful of pride. And the Bible talks about the pride of Moab. In Jeremiah 48 verse 29, it speaks about the pride of Moab. He is exceedingly proud. His loftiness and arrogance and pride and the haughtiness of his heart. It takes humility to come into the house of God and listen to a hard message. We're not going to tickle your ears here. We're not going to entertain you. We want you to grow spiritually. If you come here, get ready to grow. Get ready to be challenged. We need living bread. It is our responsibility to encourage one another and to grow. So whether you come here because you, you hear the sound of heaven or you come here for friendship, either way, it's good that you come. But I believe there's many people in our lives, many family members that are not here with us that need to be here. And Jesus said, go out, compel them to come. Compel them to come. In Jesus' name, we speak to those people, we name those people who need to be in God's house. And in the Spirit, we compel them to come. And we do everything within our means to bring them into God's house that they also can receive uh, living bread. So, yeah, I'd like to pray. So if um, the worship team could please come up again. Just would like to really give an opportunity, uh, particularly for those that have uh, been hurt, those who have pain in their life, um, particularly from religious kind of experiences in the past. Disappointment could be in the area of disappointment. Um, yeah, particularly in the area of church family. I'm aware that there are things that, that keep you away from not only God's house, but, but through forming healthy covenant friendships. When I speak about covenant friendships, um, it's a big topic, but there is a message uh, on Spotify about covenant friendships. If you could have a listen to that, that would help you. Uh, but in order to, to be a friend to someone in God's house, it requires vulnerability and accountability. And it's difficult to be vulnerable if you're carrying pain and hurt in your heart because, you know, the spirit of fear and won't allow it, spirit of Moab, the pride, 
won't allow you to open up your heart, to share the secret thoughts of your heart, and to be, you know, to be a friend to someone and allow someone to be your friend. So <clears throat> it's not weird because friendship is designed uh, to help us and to, we should look out for one another and bring each other into God's presence and commit ourselves to one another. So uh, I, would, I would just really love to have some time tonight uh, to, to pray with anyone here that is, has got resistance towards the house of God. It's got resistance in your heart towards a local church. If you're sitting here tonight and you feel like this is hard to take, then it's because you've disappointment or pain in your heart. And it's been caused because of, uh, yeah, men have done the wrong thing by, or women have done the wrong thing by, and, and I would ask you to forgive them. If you've been hurt even, even while you're here at Harvest, then I ask that you would forgive us for that. Um, you know, men are not perfect, and we're trying to run churches so things happen. Disappointments arise. You may feel like you've been overlooked. Whatever it is, whatever that pain is, I ask that you would just come with an open heart and just let the Lord uh, come into that area of your life because you need, you need the local church and you need to um, let the Lord nourish you in His house. Yeah. Amen. So I think I've said enough. Um, yeah, if, uh, if you need to go, then feel free to shoot. If you want to grab a cup of tea out the back, that's, that's fine. Maybe you're all good in this area. But I know there's a few people here uh, that you need, you need to come forward and work some stuff out. Just surrender your heart to the Lord. Don't leave unless you're all good in here. We don't want you to carry pain. God bless.